wanna do Lord to the grave, tell you like it is to your face, she don't play Every chick down for it all, I know that she a boss No competition, no loss From the Midwest to the A, all them got you tuning in, no delay Ooh, get you right every time, keep you laughing on a dime Tell you truth, no lies, so you can live your best life Cover all topics, no limits, got something for your mama and your children No holding back, no gimmicks, coming on strong, get straight to business, oh yeah right around the time that I go to Smoke Free Weekend this April 16th through the 20th. And I was like, this is lit. So you guys may have heard of Self. It used to be called Self Lender, but now they just call themselves Self. And for a monthly fee, it starts out around 25 bucks a month. You can choose a preset amount that you would like to save and you can choose how long it takes for you to pay this amount off and the whole time you are paying into it it's also building your credit when I tell you guys I've been getting these alerts like oh you have a change to your credit oh you have a change to your credit and it's not anything bad it's like my credit score is really going up and then on top of that I'm about to have some money to throw in the casino listen I need for you guys to go ahead and check self out. The link is in the show notes. And if you have any questions, just hit me up. All right, then. Peace. Hey, it's your girl, Autumn, and I welcome you back to the Lit Life Podcast, where I encourage you to live your life autonomously. I am here with another special guest. Guys, I have been like so blessed to have all these great people come on my show and even have an interest to want to be on my show. So I would like to welcome um, one of my favorite podcasters, uh, someone that I listen to her podcast and I feel like we know each other and I feel like we're already like good girlfriends. So I would like you all to welcome B from What the 40 podcast. Hey y'all. Hey girl. <laughs> What's been going on? How are you? Uh, you know, I took a break. I ended my season, not coming back to January. So I'm just kind of enjoying um just the family time and not the extra pressure to try to put together an episode you know right. how stressful that could be but outside of that you know just get holidays is here and I'm just enjoying the time with the family good good so um so yes like if anybody is any anything like me I'm waiting for the what the 40 podcast to come back <laughs> um but I, I do know and understand that you needed some time because like your new grandma now right I am. Uh, she just turned four months yesterday, as a matter of fact. Oh, and so how has that been going? Um, in the beginning, it was, it, it's an indescribable feeling, um, because it's kind of like you're you're seeing your own child have their own child. So it's kind of like the love that I feel for her 
it's just different. I can't even describe it. But in the beginning, it was really hard to try to separate myself from parent mode to let her be a parent. So I know I got on her nerves in the beginning because I was like, you're doing that wrong. You got to do this. <laughs> you know, the infamous black mother line. That right. baby needs some cereal in her bottle. So <laughs> cover that baby face up. Right, girl. It was a whole bunch of that. And she was like, mom. So I'm starting to back off now letting her do her thing and it's I'm just enjoying just sitting on the back the back end watching and just being there when she needs me good good I did listen to um the episode that you have with her on there and I, mm -hmm. I really um I enjoyed it I enjoyed it so that was that's cool I'm so happy for you like when you were saying that you were about to be a grandmother and um you know then you started posting the pics I was like oh my gosh she's so precious <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah she precious till she opened that mouth and started crying yeah <sighs> Man, so how has like um like the holidays been going for you? Like, how's the holiday season been going for you? The holidays for me are always just like up and down. My father passed away uh, in two thousand six on New Year's, so as we get like closer and closer to that day, I start feeling my moods like just kind of switch. Um, mm -hmm. So so far, it's just been kind of up and down. One day I'm good, one day I'm like, hmm, let me just take a moment to myself to read a book and just kind of relax my mind before I get too emotional. Um, but shopping and stuff like that, like, you know, my two older kids, I'm not getting them anything. And then the two younger ones getting very little because we just took a family trip to Universal Studios. So they know what's up. I'm like, listen, I didn't spend all this money. Don't you expect 15 to 20 gifts each under the tree this year? Cause that's not happening. Right. <laughs> Universal Studios. What? Yeah. That's, that's out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I get it. Um, I, I somebody, it's funny. Somebody asked me just today, did I put up a Christmas tree? And I was like, no. And I thought about it. Like I haven't put up a Christmas tree probably in like five years. It's oh, crazy. Wow. Yeah. And so, and I guess it's primarily because um, I'm in Atlanta by myself. Like, mm -hmm. it's just me. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's not that I don't celebrate or anything like that. I just haven't been moved to put any decorations up. So, I told myself that next year, um, maybe I'll go ahead and put something up. I yeah. Mean, even if know, it's something, something like little. Yeah. <laughs> like, even a little tree. Like, even, you know, they sell, like, the novelty um charlie brown christmas mm -hmm. trees yeah. like i could do something like that so we'll see yeah yeah <laughs> we'll see so anyways um oh one thing so so uh 2020 is is on its way by the time people hear this it'll probably be 2020 but 2020 is on its way uh do you have any i don't know do you have any like plans like any big plans for 2020 or like any type of visions or any type of anything exciting that you're doing that you've already planned mm, I'm literally gonna take 2020 day by day because I noticed that when I put things on paper and like try and plan them out something happens and I have to shift and it creates like anxiety for me because I'm like damn as a Virgo things have to go the way I plan them or if they don't, it's just like a whole, the universe is going to crash for me. I can feel it coming on. Okay. So I'm going to take 2020 day by day um, outside of obviously my job and my podcast. I'm definitely committing to making sure I do weekly episodes, even though I haven't been like on the mic doing my episodes. I'm still doing a lot of things in the background right. um so yeah just one day at a time and let's see where it goes I want to do some traveling 
mainly. But other than that, I really don't have too much plan. I'm just going to see what the year brings. That's that's a good approach. Uh, I like to now I like to write things down uh, and, and maybe just because it, it really works for me and mm-hmm. I kind of like focus on whatever is on that paper or on that vision board or whatever. And even though what I noticed when I made a vision board before, most of the things on the vision board actually happened, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like you don't realize that it happened because it wasn't like a, you know, like I, I put on there that I wanted a house that didn't happen, but mm-hmm. I put something else on there that was kind of not so, what's the word I'm looking for? Like not a thing per Mm -hmm. se, like Mm -hmm. not a car or a house or something like that. It was something that maybe that I wanted to feel or something that I wanted to, like relationships I wanted to establish and stuff like that. And then looking back, it's like, oh, that actually happened. You know what I'm saying? Look at that. Right. (laughs) So this, I mean, that's funny that you said that because the first weekend of January, I'm going to um, Phoenix to my cousin's vision board party. And at first I was like, I don't even know why I'm doing this because I'm not going to do a vision board. I'm just going to go to have mimosas because it's a brunch. Right. And the ticket was $41 round trip. So I was like, I don't know. But then I started thinking about instead of putting like, like you said, physical things on there, like, Mm -hmm. I think I am going to put some spiritual things on there. Like I want to start getting more spiritually in tune with myself than I have been these past few years. So that I would say that would be a plan for 2020. That definitely would be a plan. plan. I'm just going to take it one day at a time still, but that will definitely be something that's in the cars for me. Yeah. And like, so for instance, one thing I do remember that was on there, um, I had just moved, well, I'd probably been gone for about a year. And um, the relationship with, between me and my son, I have a 22 year old The relationship. <laughs> yeah, <Man>, where? <laughs> Thank you. I always get like crazy reactions when I say that. But yes, um, I I, he and I didn't have, well, we've had a, always had a close relationship, but it's just not like the relationships that I see with, um, you know, mother and ki- mom and, and kids mm-hmm. these days, especially like with the social, you know, with technology and everything. Like he doesn't, he wasn't texting me all the time and he wasn't trying to, you know, FaceTime me or nothing like that. It was just, I, w- I wanted to have a better what I felt like was a better relationship with him. And that is one of the things that actually happened. Like we talk a lot more. We still ain't at the point where we're like video chatting or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But And it's not like we had a bad relationship. It was just different. And right. I know that he was also feeling some type of way because I moved. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So that was one of the things, though, that I put on the vision board. And it, it actually happen like looking back I'm like oh wow yeah it really did happen the way that I wanted it to happen so yeah sometimes you just got to manifest those things like I I remember earlier this year I was doing like um daily affirmations Mm -hmm. and in that I manifested a promotion at work and of course which came along with a raise and then I did another one a few months ago where I was like dang like I need to do something. We need to do something financially because things are starting to get tight with this high mortgage. And I was like, I just put an affirmation out there. And next thing I know, we doing a refi on our house and dropping our mortgage, like almost 300 bucks. So you have to put that stuff out there in the universe and leave it there to float, you know, and just let the universe do what it does. So that's good that you put that on your vision board because some people don't do that. Like they'll put the fancy car, like, Oh, I want to, 
Tesla or mm-hmm. I want a 4,500 square foot home. They do a lot of materialistic things and not realize that behind those materialistic things could possibly be a person that just needs to be spiritually in tune with themselves. And that's the reason why you're not getting those materialistic things. So. Yep. 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 You're absolutely right. And once you're in tune, you can kind of figure out or it kind of comes to you how to get those things but you Mm got to really like be in tune with yourself so yeah I agree all right so um 10 minutes in just that fast look at that (laughs) (laughs) so all right this is the part of the show that everybody just loves they're like I cannot wait for you to tell somebody to shut the fuck up (laughs) so (laughs) this is the shut the fuck up awards for people who are just now turning into um tuning into my show it's basically a person or a group of people or maybe even a thing i don't know whatever you feel deep down in your soul that you just want to tell them to shut the fuck up and keep moving on with life so as my guest i'll let you go first do you actually have an award to give i actually do let's go this shut the fuck up award goes out to a collective of people (sighs) take a deep breath (laughs) that's me girl that's me every time so (laughs) I would like for you non-people of color to shut the fuck up about this whole Pro Bowl Michael Vick being the captain shit. It's done. It's done. He's already the Pro Bowl captain. Um, Give him his honors. Um, He did what he did. And I'm a dog lover. I freaking love dogs. If I could have a house full of dogs, I absolutely would. And I was pissed off that he did what he did because, number one, we always be saying, oh, not our people and then it's always that one motherfucker to come in there and just fuck it up for a whole race of people like damn that wasn't even supposed to be us but you (laughs) messed it up now so (laughs) but he did his time and he does a lot of work in the community and you can actually tell that he's remorseful for what he did and so for you guys to continue to try and do these uh, petitions and all this bullshit just based on the fact that he did what he did in the past I just think it's pretty fucked up, especially, especially when you have people out there, George Zimmerman, for example, man, listen, doing fucked up shit, like selling a murder weapon on eBay, then going back and suing the parents of Trayvon Martin or his attorney for defamation. Where's the petition in this motherfucker's life? That's that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Is there even a petition made by white people to, or just really, like you said, just non-people of color that is wanting him at least in jail? My God, where is change.org when you need it? Because listen, but yeah, that's my shut the fuck up award. The NFL is going to do what they're going to do. We already figured that out with the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. I don't see a petition around with by non-people of color for that man to come back and play but y'all gonna try to put a petition over and again i'm a dog lover so excuse what i'm saying but over some fucking dogs right you know what i'm saying for him to not get his honors when if you put all of that to the side the man was a baller he balled out the entire time he played for the nfl so what i don't see what the problem is so yeah that's that's all i got so i'm a piggyback <laughs> Because that is also mine. That oh, is also shit. my Shut the Fuck Up Award. And it's, it's cool. It's cool. I, I'm going to just go ahead and piggyback and ride the wave. So, um, and just so that I can go ahead and state it, because I just have to, I would just like to say shut the fuck up, the entire fuck up, to, again, 
all of these, all of the people that have signed, I think it was like 500,000 people that yeah. signed this fuck ass petition um, to not allow Michael Vick to be an honorary captain. And guess what? All he was going to do is walk on the field and do the damn to- coin talk. That's it. That's it. He's not suiting up. He's not an act, uh, calling any plays. He just in the building. Okay. So my whole thing is, first of all, I love Michael Vick to death. Okay. I'm, I, I'm, and I'm actually a Cowboys fan. I, but I love Michael Vick to death the same way that I love Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that neither one of them can do any wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, like you said, this is over some fucking dogs. And if we're really going into the story, and I'm a dog, I'm an animal lover, period, right? I'm I'm an animal lover. I'm going to put that out there. Um, But even if you really look at this case, he was really the fall guy, right? Like, I don't think it ever came out or there was actual proof that he was the one actually fighting these particular dogs right. that they had been, um, um, you know, whatever, looking at, looking into all that time. Mm-hmm. He lost so much because of this. And I'm not saying that he not still rich because clearly he is, but he lost the ability to do the thing that he loved the most on top of going to jail. So he did his time. What more do you need? And I feel like doing uh, the Tyrese. What do you need from me? <laughs> like, like it's, right. It's like, what more do you guys need? I, I, I just don't get it. It's 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 almost if like and, and I hate to bring like pull the race car, but that's exactly what the fuck it is. Like if Michael Vick was not black, would it be going down like that? Absolutely I don't think not. I don't think it would. I really don't think it would. And that's what pisses me off in comparison to, you know, you got people who are in uniform abusing their power and nobody's petitioning their asses. Nope. But you gonna petition over some dogs like where's the regard for human life? I mean, you got being rapist burger. Man, listen. So, yeah. So, anyways. (laughs) So, yeah, we were on the same vibe there. Yes, I would like to tell all y'all to shut the fuck up. Um, You you can save your uh, comments. You can save your ads. And don't email me (laughs) because I don't give a damn. So, that's that. Amen. And he is going to actually... Toss the coin. So fuck y'all again. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) all right. So typically I have my guests, um, especially if they are, if they are actual podcaster, I usually have at the end of the show, you tell about your podcast and all this, that and other, but being that your podcast is kind of like the focus, like your, the, the, uh, topic of your podcast is kind of like the focus of this episode i want you to tell the listeners a little bit about the what the 40 podcast um just let us know like how it came about and you know like your reason for really wanting to do a podcast of this nature okay so what the 40 came about because i had reached a very pivotal point in my life where i was like what the fuck like literally like i don't i don't even I don't even know how I got there. It was just like 
things from my 20s or early 30s, because I would say it started maybe about the end of my my 30s. So things from my 20s, teenagehood, childhood, all of that just literally crumbled at the age of 37. Like I've been through a, a lot in my life. And with that being said, I didn't talk to anyone. I just bottled up, you know, cry to myself, do things like that. And then all of a sudden, approaching 40, it was just kind of like, why am I crying all the time? Or why am I sad on time? Or why am I in the grocery store wanting to stab somebody? Like it, it started getting really bad. And I realized, yo, you're in a midlife crisis right now. Like what, what the fuck's going on? And so this podcast is not my first run in the podcasting world. I was on another podcast previously that didn't work out for me. Part of that was based on my bullshit in my mental at the time. Um, and so I ended up leaving that podcast and I, the, after I left it, I was just like, I'm eventually going to start my own podcast. I just don't know what the topic would be about. So when I started going through my quote unquote midlife crisis, I said, I can't be the only one. I cannot be the only one, especially as a black woman, I cannot be the only one. So I'm going to give this a test run by posting different Facebook posts. So I would go on Facebook and post like different topics and about things that I was experiencing. And then the overwhelming amount of comments I would get like, girl, I feel you or, oh my God, I was going through this, or this is something that I went through and this is what you should do, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, all right, so this is, this is something that people want to hear about. Then I started therapy and my therapist was like, okay, so you're bullshitting. Why haven't you plugged your mic up and started this yet? And that sealed the deal for me. So that's when I came out with the podcast and it's not specifically for people who are just approaching 40. It's for everyone because eventually we're all going to get to that age. So Mm -hmm. the podcast is there to mentally prepare through my own um, circumstances and my own journeys. And then my guests who come on, who speak very candidly about their lives as well in order to help someone else who may be approaching or even if you're in your 20s or early 30s you know you can still listen to the podcast because I'm not trying to toot my own horn but the content is there and it's good because it's based on real life experiences yep yep I agree so, yeah that's where that's where what the 40 that's how that was blossomed well that's what's up and and um I I do agree that your podcast is not just for you know, 40 plus, uh, I, and, and, and I try to, um, I don't know why I'm tripping over my words, girl, right now. Let me, let me chill. I know lit life. When I started lit life, I wanted it to be for everybody too. So Mm -hmm. I know that it kind, it probably mainly connects with people, you know, uh, around our age, you know, late thirties, mid mid forties or whatever. But I did want it to connect with us, but also connect with the millennials and connect with the boomers, like kind of to be a a bridge, right? Mm -hmm. Like a bridge of, why am I, girl, I don't know what's wrong with me. A bridge the gap bridge type gap. of, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So that's what I wanted to do. So I get that. So yeah, you kind of answered like what my my uh, first question was. So I'll go into, I want to talk about noticeable changes in your body and health <laughs> <laughs> um, approaching 40. So here is why I reached out to you. So I reached out to you because... <laughs> I went to the eye doctor. 
So I go to the eye doctor. I'm one of those people that wait until December when you know that your um, benefits, right? The benefits <laughs> about to expire. So I, I go to the eye doctor or whatever, and I wear glasses and I am, did they say, I think I'm nearsighted. That means that I can see, I can see, um, far but I can't I mean I can see near but I can't really see far so I Mm -hmm. wear glasses for like driving or whatever so go in there and she's like okay you know how's your eyesight are you know you know did you notice any change or anything like that from last year I said well the only change that I've noticed is that when I wear my glasses I can't look at my phone like mm-hmm. I can look at it, but I see I have to like pull it back. Like it's you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying it's blurry. I'm mm-hmm. like I don't know. And it just when I say it just started now, I turned forty this year, so it just just started. So the uh, eye doctor's like, oh, so when you were here last year, they didn't talk to you about the changes in your eyesight, like <laughs> approaching forty. And I'm like. No, like, <laughs> no. They t- <laughs> and so she goes into this whole spiel and she's like, I really hate having to be the one, you know, to, to, to tell right, you to this, bear the bad news. <laughs> right. She's like, so what happens is when you're approaching 40, like, say, for instance, around, you know, 38, 39, um, you start to that exact thing starts to happen so even if you're like if you're the other way where you can see with your glass you have to have your glasses on to read when you go up to look far it's going to be blurry she said and it literally seems like it happens overnight which is literally what happened mm-hmm. i mean like i so when she t- when she was telling me it all kind of made sense it was like oh wow damn it did happen overnight so it just got me to thinking okay i'm 40 what the hell else? <laughs> like, can somebody, is there a book? Like, can somebody give me some cliff notes or something? Because I'm not, I'm I'm too impatient. I'm not going to read a whole book. I don't want to watch a whole YouTube video on Listen. it. Like, I need to know. I just need to know. Just give me a checklist of shit that I need to know what's going to happen and what's not. And, of course, you know, yes, there's, there's other noticeable things that have happened but that particular incident was just like yeah really? damn like right <laughs> i think the most noticeable change that i've seen so far and this actually started happening around 36 37 um two things one my hair started thinning in the middle really bad mm-hmm. um and then the second one was the hot flashes started to become overwhelming so in addition to me already having mood swings and, you know, whatever, my mom was like, you probably should go to the doctor to see if you're in early menopause. And I'm like, girl, bye. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? I don't know nothing about that. Go on somewhere with your shenanigans. So I ended up going to the doctor anyways. They did the, the hormonal test. I actually did an episode about this on my podcast too, but they did like the hormone test. And it was like, so you're perimenopausal. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, who is Perry? <laughs> right. Like, what is that? And they were like, it's the menopause before the menopause. I'm like, is that even a fucking thing? Like, I never knew that. So that was the big change for me. Now, it doesn't happen to everybody going into the four, their 40s, but it can. So right. if you're starting to feel symptoms like that, and it's just like excruciating and you just, it's intolerable. Definitely take your ass to the doctor and get the blood test done. Better safe than sorry. 
Yeah. So, and, and a note on that. So I have actually been in menopause. Like, I mean, I've, I've basically gone through it because I had a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. So, and that was, gosh, like 10 years ago. So, um, and to this day, like I'm on a hormone replacement. Like mm-hmm. I have a hormone patch because those hot flashes. Oh, honey. It's not like, uh, so it's not like you would think, you know what I mean? Like before you've ever had one, mm-hmm. I, I, it didn't seem like the same thing, but I can't even barely explain it. It's like you get your face gets so hot. It's almost like it's prickling. And it's like, like <laughs> it's like a ru- It's not, it doesn't happen all at once. It like gravitates to like so it starts in one spot and then continues to go like down 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 oh god i hate it it is the worst feeling and especially for when it happens like in the middle of the night and then Mm. you're sweating girl oh my god so yeah y'all gotta i I just i don't know if y'all can really be mentally prepared for that but we just gave you the best that we can get you listen i don't the 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 fact of the matter is every woman is gonna go through it eventually but to go through it this early when you still kind of like in the prime of your life, that's the part that got me fucked up. I'm like, why me? Why me? Why am I going through this? Like, I can't even go out and party because I'm in the club, a bitch sweating and still standing under the air, the AC duct and I'm still sweating. Like, you know, <laughs> right. right. But you know what? <laughs> it's funny because I know people, you know, in their 40s, you know, lower 40s that are going through it i don't know if it's like sped up <laughs> you know what i'm saying because right it used to be what like after 50 or yeah something? yeah yeah so i know quite a few people you know who have not had hysterectomies or anything like that i mean they're they're having literally having hot flashes and just freaking out so mm, it's, it's crazy. a hot mess it is a mm. hot mess anything else i know um i i, I think there's like a spot. So there's like this spot in my head that gets tender. So mm-hmm. that spot in my head thins out sometimes, but it's not really that bad. So I haven't really noticed anything like that. My hair, it, okay. So <laughs> I've never, I've always been like a braids type person. I've mm-hmm. never really wore like my actual hair. My hair is very hard to manage. So unless I'm rocking like a fade or like a small fro, I normally just keep it in braids or I'll have like a a unit on or a weave or something like that. But now it's to the point where I, when I do my units or like my weaves, the French braids that I put in just the middle part is so thin. Like it doesn't even look like a braid. It just looks like the hair was just pulled back and then connected to a braid in that part. That's Mm -hmm. how thin it is. It's so bad. I was like, I will never wear my hair like out ever again in my life. Just based on the fact that I'm balding in the middle. But it's so gotcha. bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's just, you. I guess you just have to brace yourself for stuff like that. Because you never really feel like you're going to be at an age where your hair is thinning. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, and and it's, it's, it's natural. It's like human nature. It's just, it's going to happen. But you just be like, no. Nah. And then when shit happens, you be like, man, this some bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know. I can't think of any anything else. 
I got bad knees. I've been trying to get on Meg and the Stallions kick for a couple of months okay. now, but there's right. no, that shit, no. And I remember I used to be able to drop it in the club with some six inch heels on, like just bouncing it on the floor. Right. Girl, I can't even get like near the floor now. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it is bad. And I was like, but this soon though? Like in like, that is that like, what? I want to go to the doctor. Be like, do I got the gout? Like what's wrong right. with my knees? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes so yes I can say that I've noticed that too um you know I just over the last couple of years started running and mm-hmm. so I really feel it like when I'm done with with a run like I've run three miles four miles or whatever I stand at the bottom of the steps and I have to kind of look up before I start going because mm-hmm. I'm like I got to get my mind together because my knees are hurting by yeah the time. <laughs> absolutely Ugh. I don't know and, and then like I think the, the the hormonal change has been just basically what's just triggered everything else. Like, you know, the the perimenopause has me feeling anxious, has me having an attitude, has me wanting to kill my husband when he look at me to have sex. Like, that's how it was when it first started. I actually got on like some natural homeopathic type stuff. Oh, so I'm good. not quite ready for the hormones just yet because mm-hmm. I don't know, like how that's gonna do i'm a little nervous about that mm-hmm. so but eventually if it get if it becomes where i just can't take it anymore then that's the route i'm gonna go but so for now i'm just like doing vitamins and different herbs and like stuff like that and it's been working for me so good good and how long have you been doing that Ooh, a little over a year okay yeah a little okay. over a year well that's good at least you're you are on a path to you know trying to just be cool again <laughs> you Man, know what I'm saying? i know it can be nerve-wracking <laughs> god so switch it up a little bit um what about how you think about money now like so say for instance th- at 30 mm-hmm. at the age of 30 were you still thinking about money or like credit wealth anything like that do you view it the same way 10 years later? No. Do you mind if I ask how old you are? I just turned 41 in September. Okay, you're 41. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you, is there any difference in the way that you think about money now? Yes, it's a total difference because in my 20s and my early 30s, I had the whole mentality of you can't take it with you when you're gone. I'm going to spend it now. I'm going to run this card up. Or, you know, I got to get it how I can get it as far as like when I was a single mom having to feed my kids, you know, just I didn't think about long term. And so when I got ready to purchase a home, Latin, I've been here three years. Yeah. So three years ago, we pur- I purchased my first home. And when I got ready to do that and they looking at my credit like, so we don't even know why the fuck you here. You, you gotta fix some shit <laughs> right <laughs> and i'm just like well what i need to fix and by then i had already filed bankruptcy once so i'm just like damn do i gotta file bankruptcy again but from there from that was a learning experience for me to start getting into a different mindset of how important credit and and wealth management is and things like that and I'm, we're not we're not rich by any means at all but we're comfortable based on the simple fact of how we manage our money now we both have established that mentality of if we can't pay it off by next month, we don't need it. Mm-hmm. You know, so no need in running up cards. None of that. There's right. no more 
I'm gonna spend this money and then go and worry about how to pay. And I'm not I'm not ashamed to say it. I was one of them. I'm gonna spend this money and worry how to pay my bills later. I was one of those type of 20 year olds. By the time I hit my 30s, I was a little more, a little more, a little better. But in my 20s, listen. <laughs> I was trying to buy all the bags, all the shoes, make sure my kids had all the Jordans. You know, I was I was that mom. And so once I realized that it's not that's not a good mindset to be in because at the end of the day, you're rated by your credit. Mm-hmm. And that's just what it is. Like you have to have something established in order to receive different things that you may want or you may need. Like example, um, my son just got braces. Mm-hmm. I had to do care credit to pay for it because obviously I can't come up with X, Y, Z money, right? you know, out of the pocket and he needed them. It wasn't a whole like, and we went as long as we could before we decided to get them. But I had to do care credit because I couldn't afford it out of pocket. And if we hadn't cleaned up our credit when we did, my son would still be walking around here looking like SpongeBob. See. So (laughs) I had to, (laughs) well, he, we, we, we call him that. He know that he, right. right. But, um, we had to, we had to, to learn from our mistakes. And Mm -hmm. that's what I've learned over the past 10 years. Like everything that I did prior to purchasing this home had credit wise was a mistake. Mm -hmm. I feel that. And, and I think, you know, I can't necessarily say I was the mom that, you know, was getting my son all the Jordans and all this that and the other, but I did still, I, I miss, I kind of mismanaged the little bit of money that I had mm-hmm. because I did not understand mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like I didn't, I, I was like you too. I wanted to spend whatever I had. Um, it, every little bit of extra money, quote unquote, burned a hole in my pocket. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to spend it. But my biggest thing, like if it was one thing that I could go back and be like, all right, you got to do this different. It would have been how I handled my student loans. Ooh, girl. Mm-mm. So like I, I, every time I talk about it, I, it, it's like, I kind of get angry about it because I feel like I should have known better, but Mm -hmm. how was I to know better when nobody else around me really knew better? So like my, my mom, she didn't, she just wasn't, she wasn't financially savvy at all. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? She was, I I learned a lot of what I got from her financially and it wasn't really her fault. I, I don't feel, you know what I mean? It's just, she didn't know. She, she just didn't know. So you're thinking, Oh, I'm paying for school and I'm getting a little bit of extra free money when in in fact that money is not free at all. At all. And at you all. don't really realize how bad it messes you up until later on. Like I actually have a decent credit score, but the fact that I got these student loans, it's like what do they look at? It's not even just the credit score. It's the um, debt to income ratio. Mm-hmm. So I make decent money too, but not decent when it comes to looking at these damn student loans. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. So people don't really 
they don't get that. It's like you get your hands on on something that you you're you're not accustomed to having, which was you know a little bit of change in your pocket every semester, mm-hmm. and you just want to keep rolling with that. So that's the one thing financially for me. Like if I could go back, I would say you know what, no, let me let me try to do this a different way. But then again, I kind of look at it again too and be like, well, how I feel like that money helped me live. And it did. So I could kind of speak to that, too, because I used to work for a for-profit, for-profit school, University of Phoenix. And back in that, when I worked there, they gave us tuition free. But I would still take out the student loans. Don't ask why. I absolutely don't know. I can't even answer that question. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, extra money. Let me right. just take it out. Just keep it in the bank. And then, you know, it's burning a hole and I'm buying this and I'm buying that and making sure, you know, my kids are getting this. And, and it was just kind of like, now that I look back on it, if they would have, they don't do that anymore just because so many students have graduated and they're making literally the bare minimum in their field and cannot pay these loans back. So the department of education actually stepped in, I would say probably about nine or 10 years ago. And they were just kind of like, you know, we're going to cut this. We can't do Mm -hmm. this. There's no, you, you have to show reason for a stipend check. Like all of that's different now, but had I known what I know now, cause like you said, it's just kind of like, it's, I, we have decent credit scores, too. And my husband doesn't really have a lot of student loans because he went to school on a full ride. Mm-hmm. Me, on the other hand, I went on a full ride based for my job, but I was still taking out loans because I just wanted the extra money. And when we look at um, when I look at my debt to income ratio, the amount that I have of debt, I would say 85 percent of it is student loans. Oh, yeah. Mine, too. Yeah, mine too, definitely. And it, and again, like for me, I know it was more so, like I said, I look back and I say, yeah, I would do things differently. I'm not saying that I wouldn't take the loans, but I probably wouldn't have taken as much. As much. Mm-hmm. But I have to say that, like, it really did. I, I was living, I was literally living off of that, mo- off of that money. Because mm-hmm. I look back and I'm like, how in the hell was I even able to afford to pay rent and get groceries and stuff with the amount of money that I was making at my job? You know what I'm saying? At the couple of jobs that I had at that right. time. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's I, I just be looking back like, damn, like, oh, my God. But, yeah. Anything, anything else? Um, You know, I always say, too. What I used to do is I used to compare my lifestyle to other people and try to live their lifestyle. And it was always out of my means, mm-hmm. always out of my means. So I, I look at that totally different now. Like I'm even side eyeing being a homeowner now just because it's a lot of stress with it. It's not like when you're renting and you can call up a maintenance person if something breaks. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of months ago, the AC unit was leaking down into my my bedroom and my wall I'm actually sitting here looking at it right now my wall still has the water stain because I'm like I don't have a few thousand dollars to knock this bitch down right. and get it replastered now it's not there was no damage done there's no mold or anything back there thank god but the fact of the matter is that water stain just gonna be there till I get a picture to cover that bitch up because I, I don't <laughs> have the money to knock down this wall and when that happened that just made me think god damn I really wish we were still renting. So 
owning a home was always something that I wanted to do based on the fact that I saw other people owning homes. Mm -hmm. We don't even, I was just thinking about this the other day. We don't even know if we got like, if we are really wanting to plant roots here in Las Vegas and yeah, you could sell the home, not no, no big deal. But the fact of the matter is we put a lot of money and stuff into getting the house. And this was a goal of mine based on the fact that I knew people who were buying homes and I'm sitting here like, well, shit, I'm, I'm about to be 40. Why don't I own, my, own a home yet? Mm. So mm. that's something that I'm looking at differently. And this is just something that just came about these past, I'll say over the past year and a half, because I always had that, well, if they can get it, then I can get it. And I should not think like that. And I had to correct myself. So that's something I would say I'm thinking differently about now as well. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I can agree with that. I thought about being a homeowner. And then I thought to myself, <laughs> like, I've gone back and forth. Actually, over this last year, mm-hmm. I've gone back and forth. And I'm like, first of all, it's just me and the cat. Okay. <laughs> she don't care, right? As long as she got a little space to run around in and have her litter box and all that. So I'm thinking to myself, is that something that I really 100% truly need? Right. And I started to like weigh my options. I mean, it would be nice. But like you said, if something breaks, you know what I'm saying? I just don't know if I'm if I'm going to have the money <laughs> to get it fixed right. or if I even want to deal with it. Like it, having the money, okay, that's whatever. But do I even want to go through? Like I really like being able to pick up the phone and say, hey, XYZ is messed up. I need you to come mm-hmm. and fix this. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's funny because I right now I rent a townhouse and I have, so I have a private landlord mm-hmm. and I'm literally thinking about moving into an apartment or into, you know, like in a, a building that has townhouses because I don't feel like he's quick enough on his feet to, you know what I'm saying? Like I pay this rent. I need, when I call you, you know what I'm saying? I need you to come over and do whatever and it is that it. you need to do yeah. in, a, in a decent amount of time. So, and I cut my own grass, you know what I'm saying? Right. Stuff like that. <laughs> like I'm literally thinking about moving into an apartment so that I don't have to deal with any of that yeah you know what i'm saying like i don't even really necessarily want to be in a condo because even in a condo like you're still paying um the the home uh what is it the hoa yeah Mm -hmm. yeah the association you're still and you're still really if anything goes wrong a lot of the times you have to replace that stuff yourself Mm -hmm. so you're absolutely right and i think people you know i hear people and i see people you know on twitter or whatever all the time like so pressed about home ownership when it's really not for everybody. It's not. It's, it's really just not. not. Like I look at my sister and her husband and their family, like they were the perfect candidates for home ownership. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Like they're not going anywhere. They, you know, found a house that was, you know, in a decent neighborhood. They've been there forever. Now stuff breaking down, like they're kind of like, they're, they know how to fix it. Mm-hmm. Like, they built a whole little room on the side of their house. Now, it's not perfect, but it's not lopsided. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, when I go over there, that's where I'm, I stay. That's where I sleep. I sleep in a little room that's off. I mean, it's like a little den or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, they know how to do stuff like that. They can fix a, a busted pipe, and they can fix a, you know, if there's a hole in the wall. They can fix that. Me, on the other hand, I, I'm not handy, 
like that. There's a couple. I might be able to put together a desk. You know what I'm saying? I might be able to put together a bookshelf. But I'm not even about to be tripping, you know, under underneath a damn sink trying to fix a pipe. And I'm not really trustworthy of people, you know, just calling up a plumber. To come and have it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just, at least for right now, it's something that's on the back burner. Like, it's not, I'm not pressed to be a homeowner yeah. at this moment. It, it's, it ha- it's, I mean... It has its ups and it has its downs. The upside to it, obviously, is you own the property. But then again, you don't. The bank actually owns it if you yes. want to keep it 100. Yes. Um, but and another upside to it is that, especially here in Vegas, since the Raiders are coming, well, we acquired the Golden Knights the first year we moved in here. And so my property value went up a little bit. Nice. We got the house for 268 Right now, they're going for about 340 Oh, good. When the Raiders get here, that's probably going to go up... <laughs> I don't even yeah. know how much, but a whole lot. Yeah. So the the good side about it is that you have equity. When you're ready to sell that extra money, that's yours, you know? Yep. Yep. But it's just kind of like, is it really yours? Or will you be reimbursing yourself for all the repairs you had to do when you were living there? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's how I think about it. Because I remember, it's so like, they had the AC thing happen in my room. Then I remember one time the dishwasher started tripping. The house, it was a new build and it came with all the appliances. But we already knew the appliances were probably going to break down because they probably had a contract with the appliance company to get these and they're cheaply made. And right. Right. Sure enough, we were right. I've had to already replace the washer and dryer. And then the dishwasher started tripping. That was a quick fix, but it took all of that. Both of us getting our hands dirty. Cause we are like, okay, I'm not calling the plumber out here. Right. <laughs> the microwave has been replaced and, <laughs> Oh, I love my husband, but he's not the handiest one. (laughs) So the microwave is one that hangs over the stove. Mm -hmm. And so I got about four or five extra holes behind the microwave because he was trying to align it to where the other one was at. And I finally was like, okay, we just going to get on Craigslist and find somebody. Because I don't think the wall could take any more drilling. And so the guy came out and that was $80 just for him to put the goddamn microwave up. So it was just like, oh, it's it's a gift and a curse. It yeah. really is. Yeah, yeah I can see. That. And I, I guess the best thing about home ownership is you're in your own space. You're not, you don't have to worry too much about like your neighbors. You can do whatever you want to do pretty much in your house like you know what i'm saying there's no real restriction there mm, the thing about it is the way they're building these houses now it's like no privacy so our neighbors we're like i would say Close. maybe about eight to nine feet in between each house it's oh, not damn. a lot of space at all backyard wise we have a really decent sized backyard but the spaces in between the house are, are really closed. My neighbor that's to the left of me, I, I, I don't do not like them. Oh, God. They have like 40 cars. There's never any parking in front of my house. They'd be like, basically, fuck your guests because our guests are going to park in front of your house. Wow. I've had to go over there several times. Like, can you please get your tire out my yard? Like, it's just been like, wow. Then then their dog, she had, she had a little, I don't know, a Pomeranian, I think. But she got into my backyard and she was a mean little fucker and she is antagonizing my dog. I have a pit bull. My dog mm. killed the dog. But I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like, what do you want me to do? Your dog was on my property. How about right. how about you put something up where your dog can't get in here? Because if That's she comes crazy. over here barking, my dog 
is going to react. And that's exactly yeah. what happened. She shook the dog to death. Oh, damn. I know. And I was just like, I'm, I can't replace no damn Pomeranian. So I hope y'all not trying to sue me because you ain't going to get shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, sorry. R.I.P. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And But at the end of the day, you can try and take it to court. But your dog was on my property. I'm going to win this one. Sorry. Right. Yeah, you're right. So, but yeah, um, home ownership can be. You know, one of them things that people really do start to think about when they're turning, you know, getting up there, as people say in age, you get to your 40s. Because, you know, people in their 20s think that we're like, oh, like we're ancient. Oh, so, girl. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like, damn, nigga, I ain't that old. Right. Like, what you gonna get? I could get with the best of them. What you want to do? Like, you know. I still listen but, to y'all music. Shit. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I don't really know none of the words for real, but I'm. Some of them, I might, I might be able to pick up on a few of them. But right. Shit. So, anyways, shifting, shifting back to kind of like your body. So, I kind of want to talk about. I don't know if I want to say just sex, but mm-hmm. sexual things. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I know that you said that when you were like going through the whole uh perimenopausal thing that you kind of just didn't really want to be bothered with your husband Mm -hmm. like that way are there any other things like you said that you've kind of gotten you know you're kind of leveled out now and because you've been on your um herbal supplements and things of that nature but sexually or even sex appeal for yourself or or sex appeal when it comes to other people like do you are do you look at people differently like do you how do you feel about yourself sexually like do you still feel sexy do you have your days like I have my days I'm gonna say I have my days um generally before I started going through this I was a very sexual person very very sexual person and I always found myself to be sexy, even when I was at my heaviest weight. I was always like, I'm a big, sexy bitch. That's just right. what it is, you know. But now I just kind of feel like, eh, you know, sometimes I go to work in some jeans and a hoodie. I just don't feel sexy today. You know, I just want to just rough it out and, and call it a day. Other days I'm going to put on my nice slacks that show all my curves, my nice fitted blouse that show my tatas and some heels. And I'm going to strut in this bitch like I own it and, and just feel really sexy and confident. But it's just kind of like, I can't really pinpoint if it is because I'm ter- I've turned 40 or if it's just a part of my life right now because I've been married for so long. So mm-hmm. it's like I don't have to try and own the room because I really don't give a fuck if another man look at me. As long as this one looks at me, I'm fine, you know? Right. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint if that's basically because I turned 40. But when the when the perimenopause happened, it that was all hormonal. Mm-hmm. It was very hormonal. Um, in, in addition to that, I did an episode about uh, with my husband actually how when we first got to our 10-year anniversary – you know, we almost didn't fucking make it. Like, and that was during that time that I started going through the perimenopause too. It was just like, sex was fucked up. You know, we was talking to each other, stupid. I'm side barring with dudes. He side barring with bitches. Like it was like, right. You know? Um, so a part of pulling it back in and working on my marriage was getting my shit together hormonally. And that actually, you know, helped out a lot. 
But as far as the sex appeal, it's really hard for me to say just because, like I said, I don't require attention from other men because he gives me so much attention. It's like I'm I'm satisfied in that area. Good. Well, that's good to hear. And I asked the question because... I've had these conversations or I've at least witnessed these type of conversations for people. First of all, there are people who I don't know why 40 is such a a, a look down. Right. Mm -hmm. So people feel like they're approaching 40 and especially if, you know, some some of them like if they don't if they're not married yet or if they don't have any children or, you know, things like that, they start to feel like they may be becoming unattractive. Mm -hmm. Like they felt like they were attractive at one point in time, but they feel like, oh, well, clearly I'm not as attractive as I thought I was because I'm not established in a way that I would like to be when it comes to relationships and Mm -hmm. family and children and things of that nature. So that's kind of why I ask. Now, me personally, I never, I never really, I don't feel like that. (laughs) Like I feel like, my mood as far as my own sex appeal has kind of been up and down depending on really what I was going through like mm-hmm. and not what I was going through with anybody else but what I was just going through internally right and for the most part I just like you at my heaviest weight I felt like I was a baddie like I, again I tell people all the time I'm a nudist I like to be naked I don't care Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm in a space where I can be naked and it's not like a whole bunch of sexual tension, like I'm going to be naked. And I guess a part of that is, I don't know, I guess you could kind of say it's just a part of it is confidence in, mm-hmm. in my body, which is why I even referenced that. It's just like, I'm okay. I've always been okay with me. Mm-hmm. And I have, but I have had those moments, but it was never due to me getting up there. Now, I thought, you know, after I turned 40, it was like, damn, I'm 40. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I could just kind of think about things like, I'm not sure if, if much has changed. And then when I start to say that, it's like you start seeing little things right you know what I'm saying? So like I look in the mirror and now I see, and I'm not going to point them out because now everybody going to be looking like oh yeah I see what she's talking about but I see (laughs) I see you know different uh flaws in in my face you know what I'm saying like I and people always say oh you you look so young and I I agree but there's also things that I notice that have come with age you see what I'm saying it's like and then even too like I don't have a lot of gray hair I've never had a lot of gray hair but I have like you know two or three more than what then, you did. Then I had when I was like 38. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, damn, you know. So things like that, I, I think it kind of does mess with people. But, and it did for a second. It's just like, damn, I got like three gray hair instead of just that one. Or like, oh, is this like a hair on my face? Oh, like, is, girl. <laughs> is that what this is? Like, okay, let me get a tweezer. But, oh, wait, it's back and it's the same one like I thought I got rid of that right (laughs) (laughs) but it's never been enough for me to say I I don't feel sexy yeah yeah I think just kind of you hit the nail on the head when you said that it depends on the person in the space that they're in because 
like I said, there are those times where I'm just kind of like, mm, I don't feel sexy. I'm just going to throw this on and, and keep it pushing. But I never like sat there and harped on it. So it depends on the person. I don't think it really has anything to do with the age itself. It's more of the mental space when they turn that age. And that's why it seems like it's associated with that. So in turning 40, people do view it so negatively, but you can also look at it as a positive light. I'm 40 and like I, we was in the store today and the cashier thought I was my daughter's sister. And I was like, shit, 41, bitch, like, hmm, better get it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that it's it's all based on the, the space of that person. And I always say, you know, if you starting to feel like you're not yourself, go talk to somebody. Yes, because girl. that snowball effect, that's what happened to me. I slowly but surely started feeling like I wasn't myself and everything just kind of snowballed, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you starting to feel like your sex appeal is leaving and that, you know, it could be whether you had a baby or you're looking at, like you said, you got a couple more gray hair, you know, or in my case, I'm a grandmother now. If you're starting to feel like it's affecting your mental and changing your perception of yourself, then you definitely need to go talk to somebody and catch that shit before it turns into something way bigger than what it should have. Right. And I 100% agree with that. I have um, actually had a therapist off and on for shit like the past 20 years, really. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been one of the best things ever. I mean, when you have the right therapist, because some of them you just be like, lady or man I don't know what you're talking about I need to talk to somebody else (laughs) right but uh but yeah especially in getting older like you really sometimes you have to talk to someone that's non-biased I mean your friends are great you know what I'm saying your girlfriends your boyfriends your husband your wife whoever are great but it's like sometimes you really need that non-biased um person that knows absolutely nothing about you to read you yeah I agree with that. And that's what made me step into going into therapy because I was just kind of like, you know, let me go talk to somebody who isn't going to be like, oh, girl, it's going to be okay. You'll be fine. No, I need somebody in my face that's going to tell me what the fuck I need to change so that Mm -hmm. we'll be fine. I feel that. So kind of a fun question. Mm -hmm. And and then we'll probably get to wrapping it up. So it's 2019. You're 41. Mm Mm-hmm. How different do you think you would be had you turned 40 20 years ago? <laughs> um, hmm. You got me on that one. So what's that, 99? Yeah. So I back still, that ass came I was out. about to say, I still would be cash money records <laughs> taking over for the 99 and 2000. Hell I know yeah. that damn much shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I could just see myself. Like, girl. because I, and when it come on now, it's like, it's like it just came out. Am well, I lying? Listen, I, I don't give a fuck where I'm at in the club. I'm heading right. to the dance floor. Period. When that song come on. Look, I don't care if I'm getting out the car to walk into church and somebody just so happened to be going past with that song going. It's (laughs) it's it's a freak fest. It's not twerk because that's we didn't call it twerking back then. We called it freaking freaking. Mm -hmm. So that's what it's going to (laughs) be. I think if I would have turned 40, 20 years ago, I don't think life would have gotten to me so much um, 
Because right now, I think a lot of things get to me because of social media. And I've even contemplated a few times just shutting down my social media pages and only running it for the podcast, you know, but then I'm just like, oh, I got relatives all over that I talk to through my Facebook that are going to be like, bitch, where the fuck you at? But um, yeah, I think I wouldn't let things get to me so much uh, because they wouldn't be right there in my face like they are with social media. Um, I think that I would have definitely approached 40 in a different headspace back then. I, I think that when I say that, I feel like I would have been more fucked up. I ain't even gonna lie. Mm. Not necessarily because of world events, but I hadn't at that point in my life, I hadn't faced my own demons. Mm-hmm. So I think that if it was 1999 and I was turning 40 that year, outside of getting my life, I back that ass up. And what else came out that year? A bunch of other stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have, I would have, I wouldn't have had the time to go through what I needed to go through in order to accept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that, and I think that. I don't know. Gosh, turning, <laughs> turning 20, I mean, turning 40 all them years ago. I I don't know what would be different. Uh, and, okay, I can speak to the whole social media thing. So I don't know if you've ever heard me say it, but first of all, I hate Facebook mm-hmm. with a passion. And it's funny because I think I really started hating it when I started realizing that it just literally has every piece of data and information that it ever needs to have about you. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's the case with just about any social media platform at this time, but I think that Facebook is like a, was like a a forefront for that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like they start really started all of that and it kind of made me angry. And then, so I've been on Facebook since it was like for college Mm -hmm. people. So it was, it really was different back then. And we always kind of joke about it like, man, they just start letting all the news on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> and so now it's just, uh, you know what I'm saying? So it, it really has turned into a world of its own, right? Like it's, it's almost like you log into Facebook and you're almost on a different planet because yeah. there's, there's so many people talking about, or there's so many people with this shield up it's like this shield goes up as soon as they log in and they're like somebody else or they are they just have diarrhea at the mouth mm-hmm. or it's just so much like you know so much about people i was okay back in 99 not knowing so much about people and not be- having all of that information or you know at my at my fingertips like you could literally you know google somebody's name and their whole life comes up yeah and I was okay with not being able to do that right (laughs) absolutely (laughs) like I was okay with not having to know somebody's every single move so it irritates me like all of that stuff irritates me so I have a Facebook page for the podcast like an actual like fan page. Mm-hmm. I hardly ever log into Facebook for anything. Like I deleted the app off my phone. I downloaded the pages manager 
because that's really the only interaction I want to have with Facebook. Yeah. Now, um, uh, Instagram, I just got the Instagram. I, I have a personal Instagram that I'm hardly ever on, but I got the podcast Instagram for the podcast. So I really mm-hmm. don't have to be on there that much. And then Twitter is where I, that's, that's my, my social media of choice basically. Right. So I get on there, but even that sometimes, like I go through my phases where I have to disconnect. Mm-hmm. And it's almost impossible to do. It's almost it impossible is. to do. It is because you feel like it's like it's kind of like when you go a day, you go to work and you realize you left your phone at home. Mm-hmm. How how I don't have no contacts. I don't. I can't read my email unless you know I'm logging in. Depending on your job, if they let you log in to your mm-hmm. personal email, you know it's a lot of stuff that you miss out on when you have your phone not on you social media kind of works the same it's like and it's very it's addicting like it's it's low-key like electronical crack it is (laughs) because you don't like for me it's kind of like damn i don't want to be on facebook but then i'm like what am i missing I'm missing and, something. You're not even thinking, what are you missing? You just hit the button and then you realize that you're on there. Like you didn't even, you didn't set out. Like you just said, all right, I'm logging off of Facebook. Seven minutes later, you're on Facebook. Back on you it. don't even realize yep. that you're on it. I had an um, episode called Digital Crack where I, <laughs> where I kind of <laughs> talked about this stuff because it is, it's just like a time, things back then, even though like the internet was, really trying to come up then it still was just not as overbearing as it is now right and it's I mean it really is a lot even if you think about it so say for instance you stay off of the big three you're off of Facebook Twitter and Instagram if even if you check your email there's gonna be something in there that's social media related Mm -hmm. like most things that you click on say for instance um I don't know, like shopping, different shopping emails that you get. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like some of that stuff, like Walmart has an actual app. You know what I'm saying? Like it'll take you to the app or it'll take you to that that um, brand's Instagram page or that that brand's Facebook page. Like people don't even use regular websites hardly anymore because you have Facebook pages. Right. So it's like you're always connected. So I, I think that, <laughs> I don't know, I... I think that I wouldn't be so, I don't want to say angry at social media, but I wouldn't be as pressed about it because I do feel like social media is the downfall for a lot of things because people misuse it. Yeah. Like it was, it was put here to be something else. Like it was put here for us to connect with each other on, but not on such a deep and personal (laughs) level that everybody uses it for. Yeah. No, I totally agree because I feel like back then it was just kind of like you get to know a person for who they are, not Mm, what their profile is telling you. Exactly. Exactly. Even too, if you think about it, like there were dating websites back then, but it's still what like you still ended up having to literally go and meet this meet person, person. In, yeah. in person to really get most of what you're going to need to know about them. Like now you literally can get on their Facebook page. You can go to Instagram. You can, I mean, shit, you can find them on LinkedIn. You can know, if you know their name, you can get on there and you know everything. Mm -hmm. It's like, what conversation are you going to have once you're in person? 
Right. None. <laughs> None. Because you know you everything. already had it. Yep. <laughs> you already yep. had it. Yeah. And so and now, you know, people exchange. That's how they start their conversations. Like if people meet each other um, just on the street or at a party or whatever, or even when they know each other on uh, like a dating site or whatnot, they will exchange Instagrams. Mm hmm. You know what I'm saying? And go that way instead of like exchanging a phone number. And I understand kind of the, you know, being hesitant about giving your phone number out. But I also understand that you could just change your phone number. Like, or or you can block them on your damn phone. Yeah. Is that simple? simple? That's so funny because my daughter, the other day, she went out um, to one of her friend's house and they were kind of hanging out with her friend's boyfriend and his homie was there and she was just like, mom, he really thought that we was going to hook up, but you know, it's not going down like that. And I was like, well, did y'all exchange information? She's like, oh yeah, I got his Instagram. I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, and when I went on it, he had, he was on there flossing with somebody else's car. He didn't even have a car. I was like, "Mm." see. Like, oh lord girl Ugh. that is crazy mm-hmm. so but yeah so I, I think that um it would just it would be different it, it would be different it would yeah. definitely be different but so anyways um i i'm gonna go ahead and wrap the show up we've been talking for an hour and 10 minutes it's been very very good conversation i am so so glad that uh you agreed to come on the show like you really do have one of my most favorite podcasts out there when i found your podcast i was like oh this is the shit Thank you. like i'm gonna have to continue to listen to it i have shared it i have like sent it to my you know friends that may not be on my twitter or whatever like like, y'all need to take a listen. You have really good guests and all that stuff. So I'm, like, really honored that you came to spend an hour with me here on the Lit Life Podcast. So I want you to um, tell everyone how they can find you on social media and let everyone know um, when you're expecting to release your, is it season two mm-hmm. of What the 40 Podcast? All right. So I can be found on um, Twitter at Naturally Be Me. Uh, Instagram is naturally underscore B underscore me and B is on both handles. It's two E's. And then on Facebook, it is what the 40 podcast. That's the page name. Um, also my Gmail, if you guys had any questions or anything like that is what the 40 podcast at gmail.com. And, um, yeah, I think we're, I'm scheduled to come back and I might have to push it back cause I forgot I'm going to Phoenix. God damn it. I'm going to try to do the, the episode and come back <laughs> on the Wednesday after I go to Phoenix. Let me look at my calendar. God damn, I wasn't prepared. Hold on. <laughs> um, I'm going to Phoenix on the 3rd. So let's see. It will be the Wednesday after that. So we're looking at the 8th of January. You guys should, I should have a new episode out. I've already started putting together like my outline and stuff for what I'm going to talk about because it's. I'm going into it with a deep conversation. So y'all just yes. you know, be prepared for that. And um, yeah, make sure you catch up on all the other episodes and I will see y'all on January 8th. All right. And I will make sure that all of your um, information is in the show notes. So if you guys didn't catch that, you can take a look at the show notes and uh, make sure you follow and like and subscribe and share and all that good stuff. Um, the What the 40 podcast. You will not be disappointed. 
Thank you. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go ahead and enjoy your evening. And again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed myself. No problem. Talk to you soon. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye.